everyone. Thank you for joining us at the uh, Cultivate Podcast for the Grove Church. I'm Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor at the Grove, and really glad that you have joined us. And we're in a series right now. We're talking about this, you know, this this motto that we have at the church, you belong. It's part of this mural that is um, on the outside of our building. And just really talking about kind of how we can have a better attitude as Christians and as a church to kind of help people feel like that they can belong and that there really aren't any obstacles or barriers between them and the gospel. We've talked about how kind of the animosity that exists between churches can be one of those barriers to make people feel like they can't belong. If we have an attitude that says we're the right church, there's wrong churches, it can make people feel like maybe, maybe well, since I don't have it all figured out yet, I can't be here or or that we're, we become a real divisive church where we just kind of argue and real argumentative both inside or outside of our church about minor theological issues or about the way that we practice church. It just can be really off-putting and make it feel like people have kind of joined a club or just like some people just tend to argue. And it can be just a real barrier and an obstacle. We spend some time talking about how we need to not be a church that kind of sets up these camps where it's like we're a Republican church or a Democrat church where we ha- there's all these extra things that you have to believe or feel or do in order to be a member here, to order to really connect. But then ultimately, we kind of talked about you know, we, that we also want to be the kind of church that even though we want to have no obstacles between them and the gospel, that we also want to be a church that loves people so well that we're not, we don't want people to stay stuck in their sin. And we're wrapping up today with uh, another thing that I think that can be a real barrier and an obstacle for people and really feel like that they can connect and be a part of a church or be a part of a community or a real obstacle between people and the gospel. And so we're going to talk today about, really about the difference between uh, a rules-based religion and the freedom that God has called us to. And so if you've been joining us on these Cultivate podcasts, we're going to do things a little bit different today. I'm just going to jump straight into a Bible passage, and we're just going to kind of walk through this passage and and just kind of dissect this 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 idea that Paul has and just kind of make a few observations about it and how, you know, how and how God has called us um, to live to live in freedom. So we're talking about freedom here and and we're going to be in Galatians chapter five. And in Galatians chapter five, uh, just in the book of Galatians in general, we've got a group of relatively new believers who have kind of been duped by some false teachers that came in after Paul and are really beginning to teach them that, hey, I know that you you believe in Jesus and Paul told you that you can, that the gospel is free. It's not based on works, but he kind of missed the mark here a little bit. There's several things that you need to do in order to really be a follower of God beyond just believing in Jesus. And he's trying to get them to follow a lot of the Old Testament law. There's a lot of emphasis on circumcision, which was the primary symbol of being a part of God's community in the Jewish faith. And so they're really trying to make sure, they're really trying to make sure that these Gentile Christians are behaving and acting like Jewish people did before. And Paul's very frustrated about that. Plus, he believes that the gospel and and following Jesus is completely free, and that freedom extends even after you become a Christian. And so we're going to look here and just kind of go through this verse by verse here for a little bit in Galatians chapter five, starting in verse one. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. 
Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So right here in this very beginning, verse one, it's like, I mean, the reason, I mean, here, here, it is because God wants you to be free that Jesus set you free. So you were in burden to sin. You are a slave to sin. And it is because Jesus wants you to be free. That's why he died, so that you could be free from this burden of sin. And so he wants you to be free. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So he's like, you were already a, a slave to sin. You do not now want to become a slave again. And what he's talking about here is a rules-based religion that in order to be right with God, you must follow all of these particular rules. He's describing that from this passage in Galatians 5 as another way of being enslaved. In the same way that you were a slave to sin, now you'll be a slave to these rules. Verse 2, mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. I, again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. And so these people are kind of starting with, hey, you know, in order to really be a, a follower of God, you have to be circumcised because that's part of being in God's community. And what Paul's saying here is if you obligate yourself and you say that the way that you get things right with God is by following a law, you're going to have to follow all of the laws. And then if, if suddenly your standing with God is determined by whether or not you follow this one rule, it really what you're saying is, is that in order to be right with God, you have to follow all of the rules. You can't just pick one. And basically what these people are trying to do is to get you to believe and to follow a religion where in order to be right with God, you must follow every possible rule. And basically then what he's saying is like, and if, and, if it, and if about your connection to God is about your ability to follow rules, now Christ is kind of taken out of it. He doesn't have any value. His death on the cross, what was that? It didn't, it did, it didn't change anything about you. You had to follow the rules before. You still have to follow the rules now. Christ hasn't done anything for you. If you have trying to be justified, if you're trying to be made right by following rules, you have alienated yourself from Christ. You've put yourself, you've distanced yourself from him. And then it says here, you have fallen away from grace. There is this freedom of grace that God has given you to say, hey, it is no longer about your ability to be perfect. Grace, forgiveness, the goodness of God given without you having earned it in any way. This is what he is giving to you. And now you are falling away from that and you are moving towards this attitude that says, my relationship with God, my status with God is all dependent on how good I can be. Verse five, for through the spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You are running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord 
that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. And so in verse 6, in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It is not whether you're following this rule. It's not whether or not you've broken this rule. It's not about this about circumcision. It's not this way about whether or not you worship on this day or that day or whether or not you follow these certain festivals. It's not based on what you eat, what you drink, what you don't eat, what you don't drink. What counts is faith expressing itself through love that I am that I that I'm showing that I trust and I believe in God and the way that I do that is by demonstrating my love for God and my love for people. Paul's saying it does not have anything to do with the rules that you do or don't follow. And he's like, man, you were doing so good at this. You were doing so good. You understood this, that I'm, I'm, I'm now going to love God and love people. I'm going to follow these great commandments. I'm rejecting these rules. I've, I've, I've been forgiven from my sin. I've been, I've been freed from this obligation and I, I don't have a burden. You were doing so good. And all of a sudden you let this guy come in here and say, well, actually, you know, you need to be circumcised. And all it took, he's like, the, the, the yeast works through the whole batch of dough. All it takes is one person feeling like they have to do follow one of these rules. And then suddenly everything is thrown into the, you've been thrown into confusion. And then in verse 11, Paul defending himself a little bit. Brothers and sisters, if I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. And then he says this, verse 12, and this is one of the the, the most amazing verses in scripture. Verse 12, as for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. He is so mad at these people who are telling people that they have to get circumcised. He's like, these people... They, they're, they're not teaching you about grace. They're turning you away from God. They're isolating you. They're causing all this confusion and they're making it all about circumcision. And honestly, I wish these people would just take the knife and just cut everything off, which is an incredible thing to be found actually in the Bible for Paul saying that people should take a knife and, and, and just cut everything off. So that's, that's how angry Paul is. Not really uh relevant to the the topic at hand but I didn't want to just blow past it and not let you see that incredible bit of anger from Paul. Anyways, verse 13. Now here it really is um an an an, 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 an amazing verse. Like if 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 desperately want you to listen to this. Verse 13, Galatians chapter 5. You my brothers and sisters were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. And so the, the, the kind of people, the kind of Christians that God has called us to be, he's like, you were called, you were called to be free. When sin was overwhelming you, when sin was really kind of the only answer for you before you found Jesus, you were just burdened. You feel like, I can't find hope. I can't find love. I can't find peace. I can't find forgiveness. I'm overwhelmed by sin. And then what happens is you hear about the gospel, the gospel that is freely given, that Jesus says, it does not matter what you have done. It does not matter what you are doing. I will forgive you and I will give you life if you will only put your faith and trust in me. And then suddenly 
I am free. I'm, I'm free of the burden and the penalty and the consequence of all of my sin. You are free. I am free. And then he says this really good thing. This kind of ties in if you listen to the last episode. He says this, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather serve one another in love. Some people have so much fear that if we tell people that they're free, that because you now receive the gospel, you are completely free. That people are like, free? That means I can do whatever I want. And they're like, no, you're missing it. Jesus Christ has set you free. Don't use that as an opportunity to kind of go back to the things that were putting you in bondage. You know, this rules-based mentality, the sin that you have, don't do that, but rather take this freedom that you have and go and live a life of love. And so Paul, obviously, there is very passionate in this passage. He's talking to the Galatians, and the passage comes out again in that, you know, somewhat inappropriate verse about emasculating themselves. But he's very passionate as he is um, talking about that, that God has called us to live lives of freedom and not to be bound. We're no longer bound by sin. Don't bind ourselves then to human rules, but instead live lives of freedom. So there's a couple of, there's a couple of observations here that I want to make. And the first one is this, is that rules-based religion, it doesn't work. And it doesn't work theologically and it doesn't work practically. Rules-based religion, it does not work. You cannot you cannot be good enough. You can't. If in order to follow, you know, if, if in order for rules-based religion to work, you would have to be perfect. I can follow every law all the time, everywhere. It, it is, it's not possible. It is not possible for anyone to do that. And, and, and it's not practical. I mean, you, 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 you just, you just can't. But, the problem is, is that we really want it to work. And so what we do is we do the same thing that the Pharisees did is we kind of, we kind of make the rules such that, well, I mean, if, if, if we limit it only this, it's really only about circumcision. Well, that's something that you can physically accomplish, I guess. Well, it says it's about this and, and not drinking alcohol. It's about this and, 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 and not eating red meat. It's about, it's about this and, Worshiping on this particular day in this particular way or having these particular festivals, you kind of limit it to the things that you, you, you can do. But what value is there in that? What, val- what value do we really find in, I followed all the rules today? That doesn't move anyone's heart towards love. It doesn't move anyone's heart to serve. It just, what it, what it leads to is really a self-righteousness, the way that Paul said it, it alienates people from Jesus. It moves you away from grace. It makes you think that the things that bring you value, the things that are giving you life, they come from you and your ability to follow the rules. And so then what happens? I mean, like you you say that and and, and maybe on, 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 on one way, like, like you, you, we want to, we want, we want to agree. Want to agree with that? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure, Charlie. I, I I believe you. Rules based religion doesn't work. But here's the thing: is that what people think? What people think that they need when they think about how to live life, how to honor Christ? When he says, "Hey, the, you know, rather serve one another in love." Verse fourteen: the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment: love your neighbor as yourself. 
in the second of the two great commandments. If really everything about what you need, hey, just love God and love people. Your immediate question, well, how do I do that? What 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 do what do we what do I do? What are the what are the rules? What when, when, when am I showing love? Is this love? Is this this? Somebody just tell me what to do. People think that they need answers, and they and they and they and they need all these incredible specifics. And I just I mean so many examples of this from my past and and other teachings that I've heard. It's like, I mean, I, we we would be in um in youth group. And once a year, there would be some version of a really bad sex talk. And, and there was this one question that got asked every year. And eventually, you know, you know, I, I was in youth group enough years. I eventually began to be the one to ask it so that we could just get it out of the way. We knew that they were saying that sex was wrong, but like, well, like, well, if sex is wrong, well, then, 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 then what's right? And so, so the question then is, how far is too far? Which is very interesting approach to to sex drive and the way that you treat another person. How close can I get to doing the wrong thing and it still be the right thing? You know, it's the the and I need you to specifically draw it out for me. If I touch her here, is that bad? If I touch her here, is that okay? How how long can I kiss and where can my hands be? And this is it okay if my Hand is there outside her shirt, and and it's bad if it's inside the shirt. Um, is it okay if it if you know it, it, to do this in the dark? Is that the lights have to be on? Like, give me give me the rules, and then I'm going to and 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 tell me exactly what is or is not allowed. And as someone who lived being taught that way, um, I can tell you that it doesn't work because then any line that you draw feels arbitrary. And once you draw an arbitrary line, it's easy to go, well, I mean, that line's kind of arbitrary. If this is okay, then I'm, this next thing probably is okay too. And then the next thing, and then the next thing, and then the next thing. And then essentially, you're eventually doing whatever you want because you're not asking the real question, not what can I get away with, not what is how far is too far. It's what is the best way for you to show love and honor the person that you're in a relationship with. What is the best way for me to love this person in this relationship? Alcohol can be this way too. It could, it is has been at varying times a a controversial thing in 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 some churches, and I'm sure it still is controversial in some others. And um and 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 this rules based, this kind of polarized black white on off binary way of thinking really can often apply to this issue because we we would say, what does the Bible say about alcohol? And there's people out there. Well, the Bible says alcohol is bad, and then other people are like, no, no, man, the Bible Bible says alcohol is fine. I mean, Jesus Jesus brought water, brought, you know, turned water into wine, brought wine to the party. I Means like Jesus Jesus. You know, Bible doesn't say anything bad about alcohol at all. It just it just says it just says don't get drunk, right? But really, if you take in in its totality everything in Proverbs that Jesus did and said and things that Paul said, the the Bible's actually fairly clear about what it says about alcohol. Alcohol is totally fine until it isn't. And I think if I were just to say that, take Bible, take the Bible out of it, be like, man, drinking is totally fine until it isn't. I think in intuitively, you know what I'm talking about. I don't have to spell anything out for you. I don't have to, 
I don't have to give you an example. Oh, I, I, I saw someone the other day. I knew someone growing up. We all, we, we all know what that means. Our difficulty with that is not that we don't understand the concept, but we need somebody to tell me the rule. Well, the Bible says don't get drunk. Well, what is drunk? Is buzz drunk? You know, it's like, it's like, is, is just feeling reliable. Like what, 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 what constitutes drunk? What well, again, you're trying to draw an arbitrary line somewhere. Basically in Proverbs, it says that, you know, that, that strong drink turns you into somebody you don't want to be sometimes. And again, you don't need the Bible to tell you that, but even in me bringing it up can give some people some anxiety that ultimately that somehow I'm going to come to some conclusion. Well, oh man, I, all of a sudden I, I thought Charlie was cool, man. Now he's, now he's not being cool. And he's saying negative, negative, negative things about alcohol. It's like, no, I'm just giving you really well-known wise advice that comes from the Bible that we don't need the Bible for. And just be careful with it. It's got a lot of power. You should be careful. And there's no rule in that. There's no rule about what is the exact, perfect, appropriate way to deal with alcohol or to deal with the person that you're dating. You know, do I have to? Yeah, I, I do. I have to give. I, mean, I, I read a verse one that says I have to give to everybody who asks. Does that mean that every time I see any any person on the side of the road asking for anything, I have to give them something? Otherwise, I'm 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 being sinful. It's like like. Like, I, 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 I just need someone to tell me what the rules are. I, I need to make sure that I don't do anything wrong. And, and, and people think that that's what they need, that they need answers. But all it does is it complicates things. It makes things stressful, makes you feel unsuccessful when you might be being successful or make you feel successful when really you're not. You're just following a few arbitrary rules. The reality is people thrive in freedom. People think that they need answers, lines, rules, but ultimately people thrive in freedom. When you realize that God has set you free, when you realize that you no longer are burdened by sin, you are no longer burdened by rules, you're no longer burdened by the must-dos and this pressure of having to be perfect, that's the thing that was getting you about sin. Sin was overwhelming to you because you knew that you weren't good enough. And then Jesus says, it doesn't matter that you weren't good enough. I was good enough and I'm giving you the gospel and I'm giving you life for free. And now it's like, it doesn't matter that I'm not good enough. And then Paul says, don't use that as an opportunity to do whatever you want. That's ridiculous. Use this freedom that you have to love the world. And I believe that when we truly and fully understand that, that freedom, the freedom that I have with God to be who God has called me to be, to love the way that God is calling me to love, to lead me the way that God has called, to, to, to lead, to love, to be who God has called me to be. And then it just becomes situational. Then you just, you don't, you don't, you don't necessarily know exactly what the right thing to do. And you don't, you don't have a rule book. You don't have a guidebook, but rather than that being stressful, it becomes about a freedom that I have and a love that I have. And that it is about the presence of God in my life in this moment and him leading me and loving me in this moment. And he's going to show me what the right thing to do is in that situation. And I don't need a rule book that just adds an extra layer of guilt, an extra layer of stress. And so this is a pretty, this is a thing that we're pretty passionate about here at The Grove. 
You get involved in a small group, man, those small groups are all going to be very different. The way that they're led, how often they meet, what they study, every, every it's going to be very different. It's not just about, hey, man, you can come dressed however you want. It's not about that. It's just like we really believe that God is, wants to do something individually in your life and that, that God has given you freedom and that you don't need us to draw out the rules for you. You don't need you don't need the accountability of somebody making sure that they are on you all the time, making sure that you are doing the right things. Like, well, you know, you missed church last week and and it only count. It's only good. You, you know, were you out of town? Were you sick? Well, that's that's not good. It's like, okay, well, the Bible says that you're supposed to give at least 10% and I've been checking your giving records and you haven't been doing that. And that that sort of pressure of making somebody do something because it's supposedly the right thing, that that's the rule, that's not where life is. That's not where freedom is. The, the most amazing passages about giving in all of Scripture talk about giving from a, a place of generosity from your heart. The way that we love people, the way that I treat someone, basically like I, because I want to consider them more important than me. It's not about the rules. It's about this idea, this principle that says, I'm going to consider others' feelings and their heart and what they need more than what I'm going to consider mine. I'm going to look at people. I'm going to figure out what it means for me to be generous. I'm going to figure out what it means for me to not be a lustful person. And I don't need somebody or want somebody to draw these rules out for me, even though I think that's what I want. That, like Paul says, is just another burden. It is another barrier. And so it kind of connected a little bit to our You Belong series. The more we become rules-oriented on the back end of these are the rules for good Christian life, the more we're continuing to give people the impression who have not yet received the gospel, we're giving them the impression that in that it's all about following the rules and they'll never find the gospel in the first place if they follow the rules. And it was never intended. It was never Jesus's intention. And again, we see that overwhelmingly here in Galatians chapter five, that, well, it's, it's free. The gospel is free, but it's about rules on the back end. The gospel is free and he gave, he made, he freed us so that we could be free. Now let's go out there and live a life of freedom that is not about indulging the flesh, but is rather about serving each other. And the stress and the anxiety that you feel from when you hear that too much, when you think, but what am I supposed to do? Well, tell me, tell, tell, what does that mean? What is it? What, what, tell me exactly what indulging the flesh means and tell me exactly what serving one another means, exactly what humbly and me. tell me exactly. That stress, that is just the leftover waves of the anxiety that we have that I can only be that I can only be accepted and loved if I am perfect and Jesus loves you just as you are but like we said last time he loves you too much to stay there and let's take this love and this freedom that Jesus has given us to live lives of freedom that that compel us to love God and to serve one another humbly in love and so I really do, and more, 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 more than I, more than I usually do. Sometimes, like, like sometimes I want people to feel like that I've, I've, I've been incredibly clear to them. If you feel any anxiety right now about that, just felt too vague, man. I really want you to experience that stress right now. 
I want you to feel that. Like I like I I I need, I need him to be a little more clear about what all those things mean. What does it really mean to live a life of freedom? Man, why don't you go figure it out and tell us about it? Why don't we all just get together every Sunday and celebrate it and talk about it together? Then we can get together in smaller groups throughout the week and we can talk about what this means for us to be people who are living life, the freedom of the gospel. And let's learn to embrace that ambiguity and uncertainty rather than continuing to live lives where we feel like we have to have rules. So thanks for joining us. And if you have any questions or thoughts, man, as always, I would love to hear them. You can send them to me at charlie at thegrovechurch.org. Would love to connect with you. And we would love to connect with you on Sunday mornings as well. You can go to thegrovechurch.org and and you can learn about our Sunday services. We'd love for you to stop by on a Sunday morning if possible. Or you can just, if you're, if you're not local, you can you can stream. But any way that we can connect with you, we'd love to do it. Again, thanks for joining us on our Cultivate podcast and hope you have a great day.